ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه اما بعد يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما ثم اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله واحسن الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ثم اما بعد الحمد لله على نعمه الاسلام والسنه all praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah. We continue going over the tremendous book by the Fadil to Shaykh Al-Alama Imam bin Baz Rahimahullahu Ta'ala. The book which is entitled Durusul Muhimma Li'amatil Ummah. Important lessons for the general masses of the Ummah, for every Muslim. Yani. We reach the, 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 uh, the port, the part where the Shaykh is going over the shurut for the salah, the conditions for the prayer. Before getting into each condition, it is important that we know what constitutes a condition and what is the definition of a condition. Naam. Qala al-alama fudilu al-shaykh, Shaykh Abdul Razak bin Shaykh Abdul Muhsin, Al-Abbad, Al-Badr, Hafizahumullahu Ta'ala, he mentions, he says, وَالشَّرْطَ كَمَا عَرَّفَهُ الْعُلَمَاءَ And that a condition as described and as defined by the ulama هُوَ مَا يَلْزَمُ مِنْ عَدِمِهِ الْعَدَمِ It is that which necessitates by its absence in absence. Meaning, it necessitates by its absence, that that in which it is a condition for, is thus and subsequently absent and non-present. وَلَا يَلْزَمُ مِنْ وُجُودِهِ وُجُودٌ وَلَا عَدَمٌ لِذَاتِ In a nutshell, and that its presence does not necessitate the presence of that in which it is a condition for. فَمَثَلًا he brings an example so that we better understand. Al-wudu, the wudu. Al-wudu, sharutun min shurut al-salah. It is a condition from the conditions of the prayer. 
يلزم من عدم الوضوء عدم الصلاة وعدم صحتها فمن صلى بلا وضوء فلا صلاة له whoever he brings the wudu as an example if the wudu is not present then the salah is not present and it is not correct it will not be accepted if there is no wudu there is no salah so whoever prays and they do not have wudu then there is no prayer for them meaning their prayer does not count naam the prayer does not count. So thus, we better understand his statement or the statement of the ulama as relates to what is a condition. That which necessitates due to its absence in absence. There is no wudu, there is no prayer. There is no wudu, there is no prayer. So it necessitates by its absence in absence. Naam, does that, does that make sense? The Shaykh goes on, he says, وَلِهَذَا فِي الْحَدِيثِ مُصِيِّ الصَّلَاةِ يعني صلاة قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا قمت إلى الصلاة فأصبغ الوضوء He says, so therefore comes in a hadith of the one who his prayer was bad, meaning he prayed badly because he didn't pray correctly. The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, when he taught him how to pray, he said unto him, and when you stand for the prayer, then perform your wudu excellently. When you stand for the prayer, then perform your wudu uh, properly. So the wudu, it necessitates by its absence and absence. If there is no wudu, then there is no prayer. And thus this is the characteristic of a condition. Is that if the condition is not there, then that in which it is a condition for will subsequently not be valid because it will be lacking uh, in, in the fulfillment and the establishment of this conditioned or prerequisite because a condition can also be translated as prerequisite. These are those things that have to be established prior to the action in which they are hoping to perform. Right? As the second part of the definition goes of what is a condition. A condition is that which, if it is not present, then that thing in which it is a condition for is subsequently not present. It's not valid. It's not in the yani, arena of that which could be accepted. Right? However, if it is present, that does not necessarily mean that the thing in which it is a condition for is subsequently established, right? ولكن, uh, uh, so the Shaykh goes on and he says, فَمَنْ تَوَضَّعَ نعم, لَا يَلْزَمُ مِنْ وُجُودِ الْوُضُوءِ وُجُودِ الصَّلَاةِ to, to, to make this more clearer. So whoever makes wudu, for example, going back to our example of wudu, whoever makes the wudu, for example, he has the wudu or she has wudu. They are in a state of wudu. That does not necessarily mean and or equate to the establishment of the prayer. Huh? What's established? They have wudu. Just having wudu, does that mean you have prayed? No, you still have yet to pray. So the wudu being a condition, if it's not there, then 
that in which it is a condition for, in this case, the idea of the salat we're speaking about, the salat is not established. Why? Because there's no wudu. But if a person makes wudu, now the wudu is present, does that mean that the salat is already done? Does that mean that, that the salat is finished? Right? You make wudu for dhuhr. By your making wudu for dhuhr, does that now mean you do not have to pray dhuhr? No, you still have to pray dhuhr. Why? Because the establishment of a condition does not equate to the establishment of that in which it is a condition for. The conditions are in play or are in, yeah, they have been established and are in order. So now you still have to fulfill, you still have to establish that in which the wudu is a condition for. And likewise, with conditions, you find this is their way. So just because the condition is present doesn't mean that in which it is a condition for has been established. Naam. Well, I can. But the opposite is, well, I can. But if the wudu is not there, then the salat cannot be possibly established because that in which it is a yani, condition for is, 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 not, is not present, right? So the condition is not present and thus that which it is a condition for is not present. Does that make sense? So again, a condition, it is that in which its absence necessitates the absence of the establishment of that in which it is a condition for. However, its presence does not equate to the establishment of that which is a condition for. Because once the conditions have been met, then the act still has to be performed. The act still has to be performed. Damn. But so now that we have a uh, somewhat of an understanding of what is a condition and what constitutes a condition, then we should know that the salah it has conditions, and if these conditions are not met, then the salah is not eligible to be accepted. It's not eligible to be accepted, and the first of these conditions, in which has to be established in order for the salah to be accepted. Then that is Al-Islam. Now, Sharatun Awwal, the first condition, then it is Al-Islam. That a person has to be a Muslim. Now, a person there has to be a Muslim. The Shaykh he says, وَذَلِكَ أَنَّ غَيْرِ الْمُسْلِمِ وَهُوَ كَافِرٌ عَمَلُهُ بَاطِلٌ وَحَابِطٌ this is because the one who is not a Muslim, then that means then they are a non-Muslim, and the actions of a non-Muslim are rendered null and void. His actions will not be accepted, but they will be voided. As Allah, the Most High, He says, وَمَن يَكْفُرْ بِالْإِيمَانِ فَقَدْ حَبِطَ عَمَلُهُ وَهُوَ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ That whoever disbelieves, whoever disbelieves and is a disbeliever as relates to faith, then their actions will be null and void. 
And whoever disbelieves in faith, his actions, his deeds, then they will become null and void. They will become worthless. Naam. And in the hereafter, they will be from the losers. So the point of reference or the point of evidence here in this verse is that those who are disbelievers, then their actions are not eligible to be accepted, but rather their actions will be rejected. They will be null and void. They will not count. Now. And as Allah Ta'ala, He says, Allah Ta'ala, He says, as it can be found in the 17th ayah of Surah At Tawbah. And the first ayah that was mentioned, and this is the fifth ayah of Surah Al-Ma'idah. Allah Ta'ala, he says here in Surah At-Tawbah, what translated means, and as, and that the polytheists, the polytheists, then they do not maintain the houses of Allah, those who are witnessing over themselves to their disbelief. Those who have witnessed, as relates to themselves, their own disbelief. They acknowledge that they are not believers. Naam. Allah Ta'ala, he says that these individuals who have acknowledged that they are not believers, that their actions are rendered null and void. Their actions, they do not count. And they will be in the hellfire forever. Their actions do not count. And they will be in the hellfire forever. Also, and as Allah Jalla wa'ala, He says, as Allah Jalla wa'ala, He says, وَلَقَدْ أُوحِيَ إِلَيْكَ وَإِلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ لَإِنْ أَشْرَكْتَ لَيَحْبَطَنَّ عَمَلُكَ Allah Ta'ala, he says what translated means. And verily, it has been revealed to you, O Muhammad, as it was revealed to those who came before you, that if you make shirk, if you make shirk, then your actions will be rendered null and void. If you make shirk, your deeds don't count. And in the hereafter, undoubtedly, you will be from the losers. In the hereafter, undoubtedly, you will be from the losers. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said this to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa The one who did not make shirk. It is unfathomable that he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will fall into shirk. So the ulama, they mention, although the one being addressed here in this ayah is the Prophet wasallam, those who are in reality being addressed are the ummah, meaning the ummah, they have more right yani, uh, uh, to be scared of what is mentioned here in this ayah. That if we make shirk, then our actions will be rendered null and void. But the fact that the Prophet wasallam was addressed shows us that there is no exception to this rule. 
whoever makes shirk, mahma man kan, whoever makes shirk, whoever makes polytheism with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then their actions will be rendered null and void. They will not be eligible to be accepted in any which way, shape, and form. And there is no exception to this. There is no exception to this. Because if this rule is applicable to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam if he were to violate it then undoubtedly those who are less than him it will be applicable for them that it will be applicable for them فالكفر والشرك مبطل للعمل so disbelief and polytheism that it is that which will render actions null and void it is that which will render actions null and void and it will destroy actions فَمَنْ شُرُوطُ الصَّلَاةِ دُخُولُ فِي هَذِ الدِّينِ And from the conditions of the salah is that an individual has to enter into this deen. They have to enter into Islam. وَالدُّخُولُ فِيهِ إِنَّمَا يَكُونُ بِنُطْقِ بِشَهَادَتَيْنِ And entering into the deen and verily it will be by the articulation of the shahada. To articulate to the shahada. To testify and bear witness that none has the right to be worshipped in truth except Allah. And that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. Ma'am. And that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. Ma'al-fahm. Li-ma'nahuma. This is coupled with having an understanding of their meanings. You have to have an understanding of the meaning. Because without understanding the meaning, then the individual, they will not benefit. Ma'am. وَالْعَقْدِ الْعَزْمِ عَلَى تَحْقِيقِ مَا يَدُلَّانِ عَلَيْهِ And this is with a firm conviction. This is with a firm conviction of implementing that in which they point to. And implementing that in which they point to. And that is to reject the worship of everything. Other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And to establish the ibadah For Allah And for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Alone Naam. So not only do they understand the meaning But then they have to Have the firm conviction That they are going to implement And establish the tawheed Naam. That they are going to implement And establish the tawheed Yeah that they implement and establish من توحيد المرسل نعم that they will single out Allah alone جل في علا that they will single out Allah alone with all of their worship نعم that they will single out Allah alone with all of their worship والتجريد المتابعة للمرسل and that they will follow the one who was sent and that they will follow the one who was sent this is what a person is testifying to when they make their testimony of faith that they're going to establish the tawheed and follow the sunnah naam when one makes the shahada, what they are testifying to by saying, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna muhammadan 
Rasulullah is that they are testifying to the fact that they believe and have the firm conviction to establish the Tawheed and to follow the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This is what they are saying. Naam. This is why the way of Islam is the way of Tawheed with Sunnah. The way of the Muslim is the way of Tawheed with Sunnah. Being upon Tawheed is a must, is not negotiable. And being upon the Sunnah is a must, is not negotiable. This is what we testify to when we say, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan Rasulullah. It is incumbent, it is a must that we understand this. When a person makes his testimony, this is how they enter into the deen of Al-Islam. This is how they become a Muslim. And the salah, like every other act of worship, it is not eligible to be accepted unless the individual is Muslim. If they are not Muslim, then the salah is not going to count the siyam is not going to count. The hajj is not going to count. Zakah is not going to count. And, 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 so on and so forth. Their deeds are not going to count unless they are Muslim. Naam. So this is the first condition. That an individual has to be Muslim in order for the salat to count like every other deed. Likewise, the second condition which is needed in order for deeds to be accepted, all deeds, the salat included, but also is, a, is applicable for other uh, acts of worship as well. And that is al-aql. The second condition is al-aql. Naam. Al-aql, meaning that a person is intellectually sound, they have a sound mind and intellect. Naam. Uh, and the opposite of what is intended by aql here, then it is insanity, that a person is crazy. If a person is insane, or if they are intellectually deficient, if they suffer from intellectual deficiencies, if they suffer from any type of cognitive issues that will render them intellectually challenged naam intellectually challenged and disabled then if they are intellectually challenged and disabled then their deeds will not count because they are not responsible they are not responsible and held accountable for their actions so they don't have to worry about doing deeds because they're not held responsible here in this life. That makes sense. So the one who is. Insane. Or. Intellectually challenged. And or disabled. Then. The angels are not writing for them. So they are not held accountable. For what they do. So salah for such an individual. Will not count. Why? Because they are not held accountable. The angel is not writing. Now that means what? For or against? For or against? Naam. طيب. المجنون فاقض للعقل The one who is insane, his intellect is not present. He doesn't have an intellect. 
Now, meaning that it's not working. It's not working as such in which they're held responsible. And the pen for him has been lifted. The angel's not writing as relates to his case. As there comes a hadith on our Prophet that verily he said, that the pen has been lifted from three. And from those three, that the pen is lifted from the Prophet he mentioned that from them is from the one who is insane or the one who their intellect it is not working properly. So the one who is insane or the one who is intellectually challenged, right, and the like, then the pin is lifted, the angels are not writing. So for if that one were to pray a prayer, then the prayer, it would not count because it is not upon them to pray to begin with. Naam, it's not upon them to pray to begin with. That makes sense? Okay. So for every action, for every righteous good deed, an individual has to have sound mind and intellect, has to be one who the angels are writing for them. They are responsible and held accountable. Uh, if not, then the deed is not going to count, regardless of, regardless of what the deed is, whether it is salat, whether it is suyam, whether it is zakat, sadaqah, hajj, umrah, so on and so forth. Uh, they don't have to perform it. It's not written for them because nothing is written as relates to them. <clears throat> the third condition is a tamiz. The third condition is a tamiz. What tamiz and yakuna mumayizan is that a person they have reached the age of discretion. They have reached the age of discretion. Naam. Where they're yani, old enough to know and have the bearings to be responsible. Where they're old enough to know and have the bearings of being responsible. Naam. Because prior to them reaching this age and they are not responsible. وَإِنَّمَا يَبْلُغُ حَدٍ فِي And that verily, where the child or the age in which the child will enter into the realm of being old enough to have discretion will be at the age of seven. At the age of seven, and they will be old enough to know and to understand cognitively, cognitively what's going on. Okay? And from this reason, it comes aside the hadith. Command your children. And in that, it includes boys and girls. Boys and girls. So command your children. When they have reached the age of seven. And corporally reprimand them due to it when they are 10 so when they are seven then they are called to what to pray they are called to pray and now they have to begin to pray and corporal corporally punish them meaning spank them if they do not pray when they are at the age of 10 at the age of 10 if they do not pray then you are to spank them whereas prior to 10 you are not to spank them if they do not pray because these are the years that you are training them and getting them acclimated into praying and to acclimate into praying uh, and the like now we know that there are children some children are very intelligent right and they may have the discipline to stand 
you know, and pray with their parents and they are six, for example, right? Five, for example, so on and so forth. Naam. And alhamdulillah, that's good to, 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 to get them, yani, from, since they could remember, used to having discipline, learning how to behave, learning how to be quiet uh, when, when, when people are praying, encouraging them, you know, to stand with you when you pray, so on and so forth. Now, especially in the homes, especially in the homes, to encourage them to stand with you when you pray, yeah, so on and so forth. Now, however, it is not upon them to pray at that age due to them being under the age of discretion and discernment, then it is not upon them at that particular age to pray. But any type of training and rearing them in this regard, then it is a good thing if they are capable of doing it, right? However, when they reach the age of seven, at this age, now they are mature enough, right? Now they are mature enough, although they didn't reach the age of puberty, but now they are mature enough and they know enough to now to begin to learn in depth and detail how to pray and to become regular upon their prayers from the age of seven. Now at the age of 10, after three years of training and acclimation, if they are not praying and they are neglectful of their prayers at this time, then it is from good parenting to corporally punish your children for not praying. Now, to corporally punish your children, to spank them because they are not performing their prayer. Because the prayer is, 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 is that important. Because the prayer is just that important. Now, the Shaykh mentions, he says, This is because when they reach the age of seven, then they become mumayyiz. They have, they reach the age of discretion. They reach the age where, that they can discern between this and between that. They reach the age where they understand. And they have they 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 understand and they have reached the, the the age where they could perform an action they could perform an action in a good manner if it is explained to them if it is presented and explained to them then they have reached the age where they can do it they have reached the age where they can do it and they can perform it well now and this is the age where the children are commanded to pray. This is the age where the children are commanded to pray at the age of seven. Naam. So, be careful of being too hard upon your children in the sense of forcing them too early and commanding them too early. Like those individuals who show up for Fajr and they have their child four, three five years of age so on and so forth and the child is because they don't fully understand the significance of the prayer they don't fully understand the importance of what's going on and they may not want to be there and it's early in the morning time and they're grumpy and they're complaining and, they, and all they know is they want to go home they want to go to sleep and so on and so forth and then you sometimes you find parents be very difficult and and, and hard upon the child reprimanding the child uh, maybe even spanking the child where so on and so forth and a child of this age 
You cannot expect that from them. They don't understand. They're sleepy. They want to sleep. All they know is 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 dark outside still. They want to go to sleep. They don't understand why why they are being yani commanded and forced to to yani to come to the masjid at 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 this time. So don't force them. If they want to come because they have that that vigor, now they have that enthusiasm. Allah subhanahu wa taala has guided their hearts and they want to come. Right, they love the uh, the company of their father, so on and so forth. Then bring them. Nah, no problem. But be easy upon them. Nah, be easy upon them. Why? Because they're, they're children. They're too little. They have not reached the point where they are. They are to be commanded. And unfortunately, it has been witnessed. It has been seen that when children, that when this is not followed, and children are commanded before it is time. Sometimes they develop a resentment and this is not good and this is not a good thing. And they develop, they develop a resentment for the establishment of the prayer. And this is something that has to be avoided because you do not want to put a bad taste inside of the child's mouth for any aspect of their religion, especially the prayer, especially the prayer. And this and much concern has to be given unto that. And then the Shaykh Allah Ta'ala, he moves on to the next condition. But Bitnilahi Ta'ala, we will save that until the next time. Fa'tafi Bihadul Qadr Usallam Ala Nabiyina Muhammad Wa'ala Alihi wa Sahbihi Ajmain wa Jizakumullahu Khaira.